Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yeah, welcome to Whiskey and White Tales, where we do not verify our random facts of the week. We see it Absolutely and, not. on a page, and we're like, done. That's I'm selling that one. That's yeah. fun. Let's do that one. Welcome to episode 88. Don't Google those numbers together. Today is August 29, 2022. <laughs> and this podcast is brought to you by the Waypoint Network. And we're your hosts. I'm Matt. I'm Gus. And today, <clears throat> we've been drinking a little before. We had some business meetings to attend to, sipped on all the way through it. And now we're, you know, once again, drinking this Penelope Barrel Strength from uh, Seven Star. It's good. It's good. It's good juice. It's it good is juice. Very good juice. And if you are interested in learning how you can get a bottle, you can probably find out on Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash whiskey and whitetails. And you can join for our campfire experience, which ranges from a $5 tier all the way up to, I believe we have a $100 tier now. And there's a ton of rewards you can get, as well as just being able to hang out with some cool people. We got We keep getting patrons, and they keep not joining Discord. And I feel like they're missing out. It's kind of where the party is. It's sort of like uh, it's sort of like buying the, a VIP package to a to a concert and then not going to the VIP yeah, tent, hanging out with general admission. Yeah, I don't understand, <laughs> but I mean, we'll take it. You know, we, but we, we look, we uh, appreciate the support. Maybe yeah, we, these guys don't really want to be part of it; they just want to support. I don't know, but well, either way, chicks and guys. Either way, we appreciate all the support from the patrons. Um, if you this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're returning, whether you're a Patreon member or not, we appreciate the support. Yes. So, um, also on our Patreon, just to let you know. What you can get out of it. We have three <clears throat> special tiers that allow you to have whiskey and whitetail classes. While we we have done the executive bourbon steward class, which is cost money. You have to go to Louisville to do it. Uh, and now you can do it online, I believe. Womp, womp. All through COVID, though. Yeah. You had to go. All through COVID, you had to go to Kentucky for this class. Now you can do it online. Losers. Um, <laughs> I guess they wanted, to, they wanted to increase their bottom line. How do we make more money? So, for online. 
we did that, and you know, we've been asked before, how important is that certification? Well, if you're selling whiskey classes like we are, it's pretty important. If you're part of our Patreon, you want to learn about stuff, it's pretty important. If you're just a guy, it's not really that important. So no. why pay for it when you can do it through us for virtually nothing compared to what the class costs? Right. So you have that, and then same thing with the Whitetail Steward class that's put on by Clemson University through the National Deer Association. Yep. We're, We're running paying for it, running through it. And we, just like the whiskey stuff, will be sharing that information yeah. and stuff we learn in smaller, easy-to-digestible knowledge nuggets. And you also don't have to take a test to go to the next section. So. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. So you can do this stress-free while we stress for you and uh, get our degrees from Clemson University on whitetail deer management. You're welcome. Yeah. I told uh, Tyler that yesterday. I bought a Clemson shirt. Yeah. Because, you know, he went to South – he's Gamecock. Yeah. So I sent him the Clemson shirt that I found at – let me back up. When I went to – so last weekend I discussed going to the uh, Hibernian Society. Yes. Went there, got there at 5. I think I Ubered home at like midnight. Mm. And we drank nice. vodka um, vodka sodas. Vodka, not soda water, but. Tonic? Well, tonic, the vodka sugary tonic. one. Yeah, tonic. Vodka yeah. tonic with a lime wedge. We drank those from 5 till 10, 11 o'clock at night. That's a great drink. It was a great drink. It was refreshing. It was delicious. And uh, so I have a lot to unpack, unpack there if you're interested. <laughs> like I said some stuff last episode. Now I've actually learned a lot. I was completely wrong, of course, because I had never been there before. Sure. Um, but I could unpack some of that. But what was I talking about before? How did I get on that trail? Oh, Goodwill. Goodwill, yes. One of the guys there, Tyler. he was talking Tyler. about uh, his daughter had brought – her son had had a party or something at his house, and he was like, and that's fine. Put all the keys in the bowl. Nobody leave. Whatever. And um, he's like, it's like, he's like, oh, no, that's not true. It was his, his daughter was dating a guy, brought the guy over. Okay. So the um, the guy's there, and he was like, sleep in different rooms. There's plenty of bedrooms to pick from. Pick a bedroom. Don't don't sleep in the same room, whatever. And so the guy's friend came. He's like, yeah, you can have a bedroom too, whatever. And I'm like, this guy must have a ton of bedrooms. <laughs> But he's like, yeah, I had the sushi guy come. He made sushi for everybody. He's like, and I drank too much. So this guy clears a lot of money. And he's sitting there talking. And he's like, the um, like 1030 at night, my alarm goes off. And I get up, and it's my silver drawer. Somebody had opened my silver drawer I'm sorry, downstairs. He has, he has an alarm for his silver drawer? Correct. And that's where I was like, I understand you have silver, but you must have so much silver that you have an alarm for it. So he comes down there, and it's his girlfriend's son's friend. And he's like, I'm trying to find the trash can. That's what he said, yeah. right? And uh, and I'm sure he did not know that there would be an alarm on any drawer. Well, I don't think he was trying to steal the silver, but I think he was snooping. And then he was like, oh, I don't know. What the, but the guy was well, like, I believe him. Like, well, so here's the thing. Like, a lot of houses have, not a lot, but some houses have the built-in trash can that goes into the, into right, the cabinet. Yeah. So you pull it out by the, like you're pulling out a I drawer and it's, it's the whole trash can thing. Imagine if you have a silver drawer, it's in a room. That a trash so can wouldn't be kitchen. in. It's not in the kitchen. Kitchen. I don't doubt it. It's not in the kitchen. I doubt. I wouldn't think so. But uh, anyway, this guy was weird. I was like, "You're well dressed," you know, yeah. th towards the middle end of the night. And he was like, and uh, somebody was like, "Did you just say he's well dressed?" And I was like, "Yeah, sorry, I don't know that's too much." He was like, "He shops at Goodwill." He's like, "As much money as this dude has, he only buys clothes from Goodwill." And the guy was wearing like nice shit. And so I was like, hmm. And the guy was like, don't let him talk down. He's like, go to Goodwill one day. The James Allen one. Oh, turn that off. <laughs> That's not a, definitely don't want him <laughs> popping in here. Um, he's like, go to Goodwill one day. And uh, 
and just check it out. He's like, because John's Island, like the closest place for Kiowa to drop off junk is John's Island. Yeah. He's like, then after that is James Island. And the same thing with like Folly and a bunch of people, you know, there's wealthy people live on James Island. He's mm-hmm. like, so you go to this too. So yesterday we went snooping around just to look. And he wasn't wrong, dude. Brand new shit. No one's ever worn. Yeah. On the shelf. with tags like, on it still. Yeah. Tags yeah. on it. Everything I bought had tags on it. And you're paying $3 a shirt. Yeah. But I went to the John's Island one and the and they had uh, Kiowa golf shirts. You know how much those are? 60, 80 bucks a piece? Yeah. Thousands of them everywhere. Like brand new. No one's ever worn them. Like they buy them because uh-huh. they live on Kiowa and then they move back to Ohio or wherever they're from. And they just throw it away. <laughs> That's funny. But oh, that was the point. So Tyler. Yeah. Cinema, Clemson University. That's where I was. They had a Clemson shirt that I bought. I sent it to him and he got all pissy. And I was like, dude, it's my alma mater. I'm going to Clemson University right now for right. for, yeah. for a whitetail school. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you're going to burn your house down. He was pretty Boy. excited about it. So Seems that way. Have I told you my... That was a long-ass story for no reason. We can do what we want. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when I first moved, when I first got down here out of college, I lived in an apartment. In the first few months, I didn't have a washer and dryer yet. <clears throat> um because it was up in North Carolina, and I just didn't just hadn't gone up there to get it. So I was doing laundry in the like free laundry place, mm-hmm. and uh, you just got to bring your own detergent. Yeah, otherwise it's free, right? Like the army. Yeah. Uh, so I'm there, and then it's a Thursday night, I think, or Monday night. So I'm watching football in the little lounge area. Got my laptop, you know, laundry going, whatever. Doing college things. You're you're an adult now. I'm an adult yeah. now, and so I'm just like d- doing laundry and watching football. Yeah. With my computer. With my computer. Yeah. I have a paycheck coming now. Like 14 pounds. <clears throat> yeah, right? It sure as shit did. Uh, anyways, person comes in, grabs laundry, leaves. I think nothing of it, right? It's a big apartment complex. I go to check on my laundry, and I notice there's a sock in the hallway. And it's not long, too long after they left. So I grab the sock, and I sort of, just trying to be nice, you know, walk out the door to see if this individual was there. And subconsciously, I think I knew it at the time, but my brain was like, meh. The sock was mine, but I told myself, well, it was crustier than normal. <laughs> nah, Jesus. Uh, I told myself, like, you know, more than one person buys Hanes socks. Like, yeah, it can't possibly just be mine. So I turned back around and go inside. Dude, somebody had come in and stole all my shit right out of the dryer. It was probably me. Somebody came in and stole a, a dryer full of, and again, I just moved. I got rid of a bunch of my, like, what I considered like childish clothes. I got better a bunch yeah. of shit I wore in college. I had some nice, decent jeans, some, some t-shirts, shorts. But then I had, my dad had taken me before we moved in to the exchange, to the BX. And uh, got the, whooped out the old star card, if you know what that yeah, is. Yeah. And bought me everything I needed for my apartment. Like, you know, toaster and plates, silverware. Was nice and then we went over to the, uh, you know, ironing board, iron, yada, yada, all the stuff, right? That you don't think about you need, you know, Tupperware. We went grocery shopping. Yeah. Got the house set up. I didn't have a bunch of furniture, but I had the necessities, right? I had a yeah, bed to sleep survive. on. I had a... Uh, if your boss came home, he I had a be lawn, like, Oof. Yeah, I had a lawn chair to sit on in the, in the living room. Yeah. And I had my laptop to watch movies I lived that shit, life right? for and, many years. And I did that for almost a year. Uh, you know, slowly picking up a piece of furniture as I could, just whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, I had, he bought me brand new, like nice Dockers slacks and a few different colors and some nice shirts. Everything I needed, dude, that motherfucker, whoever that was, stole all that. 
all of it. I had like a shirt left over, so I had to go. That was my first introduction to uh, to shopping at Goodwill. I'm called? convinced those are the people that die in motorcycle crashes. <laughs> it's not people like me. It's it's people like that. Like just real assholes in the world? Yeah. Huh. And then they're like, oh, I'm, I'm a cool guy. I'm going to ride a motorcycle. They're the ones that die, not <laughs> me. You know what I mean? That's cool. I mean, if that helps you feel better. Well, I think I've paid penance for everything I did as growing up. But you think so? <laughs> I've been a good person for the past, except for that one thing at the Hibernian Society, but... Outside of that. I think you've been a you've been a good guy. Yeah, yeah. You've not done anything that any other sensible, no, good-hearted person I can't. would do. I'd lose my job. <laughs> That's I true. To, I have to maintain a certain thing. That is true. Yeah. Um, Before we move on, you want me to talk about what I got wrong? I would love for you to talk about okay. it because you sent me a couple of really cryptic text messages while you were there, and I still have yeah. no clue what the hell you were doing. What I say. Uh, you said something about like they put these in the back door, and something about like they don't use lube. Um, <laughs> something about it really hurts and burns right now. And then yeah, like an hour squishy. later, you were like the vodka's helping. I was and like, that's it's hard and squishy, is what I said. <laughs> so, so I don't remember when this building was made. I'm going through my pictures as I talk. Okay, but it's like it's it's super old. So I said something about being Catholic, Irish Catholics. Yeah. Um, so that's not true. The Hibernian Society is a real thing. Okay. This is apparently just the Hibernian. They're not the same. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the Hibernian Society, I guess, is like an Irish Catholic thing. Yeah. This is just like the who's who of the who. Oh, so how did we get involved? <laughs> I'm getting there. Oh, okay. So we, um, so I kind of got there and I'm like, you know, I'm not obviously not going to say any names, but they have no cameras in there. They have cameras in the building, but not in the back bar. So the front part of the building, they rent out Okay. for a lot of money. Again, not going to say anything, but. Um, they ran out these spots for weddings and events and whatever. So the Righteous Gemstones was filming there. So they're they're paying to rent, and I, and that's where a lot of the money goes. So the membership is actually pretty cheap. It's way cheaper than our hunt club. No way, if really. You could be, if you could believe that, uh, but they keep the membership capped. And then I, after so many years of being a member, or a certain age, they just become a life member, and it's free. I think. Okay. You know, they take care of their elderly, but um, they have tabs on the bar, and I guess. Uh, if, if there's a bar in there, there may not even be a bar. I have no idea. Probably said too much already. But well, they, you, they, you they, uh, yeah. Uh, cool guys. Everybody in there I met was really cool. I had a great time. Um, lots of history. They discussed, like, holes in the floor where they used to use some of those rooms for counting ballots. Okay. Back when, because Charles, uh, South Carolina was a Democratic state forever up until um, this building was actually responsible for the Abraham Lincoln being elected president because no one could come up with a which side do we want to go and really freeing of slaves and whatnot. So, and even after that, it was a Democrat, you know, people talk about the party switches. They didn't, it just, you got yeah, I'm not going to get into that. The parties didn't switch, by the way, if you, you should look that up if you're not aware, but the holes in the floor, they, um, they used to slip ballots through it. Yeah. So people would go in there to vote and if they wanted, it was the most corrupt city like <laughs> ever. And so people would go in there to vote, and if they were missing votes, they just slip votes through the hole in the floor. And they were showing me that, and then they have paintings in there from the 1800s. It's crazy, man. Some And the paintings are wild. Like, you know in movies when they walk around the painting, like somehow, no matter where you stand, the guy's staring at you? Yeah. Like that, every single one of them. So whoever they're paying to paint these photos. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. So the front has, um, it's called the... Giant steps or steps of the giants or something in Ireland. It's a natural formation that looks like a oh. stairway. Okay, maybe it's called the giant stairway. 
Um, they have a stack of them in front, which they said today, if you go over there and even take like a pebble from it, it's like you go straight to prison. Nice. So some Irish ambassador like came to America and saw it and was like, I understand this is before we knew it meant something special or whatever, but he was like, this is not okay, but I'm going to let you keep it. So it's like, it's a pretty big deal that they have it out there. But they have like all the paintings. Like the Irish on the wall. felt it was like a cultural appropriation thing. Like they were making no, fun like, of or making light like of something. You're the reason that's not. No, no, no. They felt uh, as though you're the reason it's not complete anymore because it's missing oh, these like 10 bricks. Got it. So like yeah. it was legitly taken, legitimately yeah, someone, taken yeah. from, uh, from Ireland. Yeah. Man, that would real. That'd be weird if like showing up somewhere and be like, excuse me. And they had a piece of the Liberty Bell or it's just, just like. So we've been looking for. The Liberty Bell wasn't cracked. You cut this chunk out of it. Like. <laughs> Well, it's, it's been a while, so I'm going to let it fly, but you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so this was um, the – so there's a copy of this letter in there from December 15, 1860, which was the invitation from South Carolina General Assembly to hide in the Hibernian Hall during the smallpox epidemic. Interesting. Uh, the guy that built the center, this opening here, like mm-hmm. in the center, when you walk through the front door, it looks like it's a domed opening. Which, by the way, they have they built bathrooms on top of it over time. So the, there's two sets of stairways, and one of them just ends. It goes straight to the ceiling and stops because they put a bathroom there, <laughs> which is pretty cool. But the guy that built that is the same guy that designed and engineered and built the United States Capitol building. Ah, so it's uh, it's very similar in that. appearance. It's pretty cool. There's the uh, there's the it's called ah. the Giant's Causeway. So if you've never seen that, Google the Giant's Causeway. Interesting. Very interesting. So this was brought to them in 1851. Pretty cool. And then the upstairs has these huge chandeliers that used to be gas-powered, now they're electric, and, and they have parties and stuff. And he said you can see, like, the floor, the ceiling will, like, flex when they have huge parties up there. Interesting. That sounds like a uh, lawsuit waiting to happen. Right. But it's pretty cool. There's a lot of um, interesting things in there. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was very nice. I had a great time, and I'm um, excited for the whiskey class. He was telling me, like, the historian gave me a rundown of a bunch of other classes they've had in there, or, like, senators come visit, and apparently these guys are pretty rowdy. Like, they don't give a fuck. But they have a thing about putting your foot on the, on the bar, on the uh, the railing at the bottom of a bar. Like, when I walked in, somebody was like, put your foot on the rail. And I was like, okay, and I put a foot on the rail, and he's like, now we're all even. So it doesn't matter who you are, senator, president, rich, poor. Once you, you got the foot on the rail, you're, they view as even. So they talk even amounts of shit to everybody. And it's really cool. That I is, really that like is cool. It. I like that a lot. So as, I said. As soon as, you, as soon as you're at this bar, we are all equals. Yeah. And they give each other shit. I mean, there was a fist fight, a physical fist fight in there um, moments before I arrived. They were telling me about it. They were like, yeah, they just left. They were back here. They were arguing about politics. And they just went at it. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> pretty crazy so i was it's foolishly was like yeah i'm down i'll join yeah sure. uh, and he was like oh <laughs> uh, see this guy right here he's my best friend i him my whole life i won't admit him in the club and we only open for membership once a year and if somebody were to sponsor you to get you in here it's like a five-year wait i was like uh, uh, well fuck me sorry for even I felt really stupid. I'm going to leave now. Yeah. No, I'm going to stay. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> He's like, anytime you want to come hang out. So I, I told him, I said, uh, I was like, it's basically like a boat. Like yeah. the, the best way to be a member there is to know someone just, that's a member. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the best yeah. way to have a boat is to know someone that's got one. Yeah. There you go. So <laughs> so I think that'll be the, the path taken. 
Fair enough. But it's really cool. I'll bring you there um, sometime. Yeah, sounds, sounds cool. Yeah. Maybe if you're not bored, if you're not doing anything that weekend, it's the the weekend. We just got the phone with um, Miss Liberty Bell. Mm-hmm. But it's the weekend, the September 27th, the Bourbon Bravo Charlie Victor. Yeah. The Bourbon Cigar Veteran event. The September 27th is a Thursday. It's that, it's that Saturday. It's that Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Nothing going on, I don't think. What's the date? You said? 24th, maybe? 24, uh, November, right? September. September. Okay, fuck, man. I'm all over the place. November is the Bourbon and Bullets event that right. we're doing. We have so many events. Lots of events. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Give a little pre... Yeah, let's give let's give the folks what they want. Yeah. Here's a little pre, pre-drop for anyone that's been to Anderson, South Carolina for the... WLS Foundation, there's a, I, I think it's in Greenville this time. I don't know. It's a different event, and it's called Bourbon and Bullets. It's done through Miss Liberty Bell, and it'll be a whiskey tea, whiskey class taught by yours truly, Gus and I. Um, and there's going to be a cigar trailer. We're probably going to hit up our friends with the cigar trailer. But uh, there'll be Glenn's food, table, pairing, charcuterie pairing. Lots so of the stuff. Tickets are not on sale yet, but you can definitely go to uh, their website, which we'll link below. Yep, and you can come have a good time and yeah. have some whiskey and maybe a, uh, some fun pairings, have a good time, support some veterans. and have It's also the sawmill, for those that uh, know what that is. It's a yes. shooting complex. So. It is a... Which is why it's called Bourbon and Bullets. We're going to get drunk and military and training complex. We're going to get drunk and then go shoot guns. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's what we're doing at all. I think mm. we're going to get drunk and have a good time. Fellowship. Correct. And then that's... I think the next day is some gun stuff. I don't know. Sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, you should check that out. Okay. Let's start the show. <laughs> we started the show. Yeah, no, I was just kidding. What, uh, do you have a plug for this week, or? I do have a plug. It's time for the plug. It is time. Well, it's time for the plug. Okay. Right about the I was right on time. This week's plug of the week is Insta360, Insta360.com. You can go there and you can get 360 degree 5.7K cameras. And we will also put a link in the description to the bottom for the one that we have that is going to be sick. And if you buy through our link, it is what's called an affiliate link, and you will get a free selfie stick or a free, and again, selfie sticks sound stupid, but if, if you look into what these cameras for, that you're going to want the selfie stick or free lens covers. I chose to get the lens covers because I don't care what it's for. I'm not going to use a selfie stick, but... <laughs> You'll start seeing a change in our content and the way we do things around her. We're going to start using some of that as opposed to the drone. The drone seemed a little high. And to fly the drone around where we wanted it to be wasn't really working out. So we've reached out to this company, and this is what we're going to start using. So, yeah, 5.7K, fantastic footage. And, again, link in the bottom of the podcast here, wherever you're listening. You will be able to click it and get your free gift with purchase. And if you see a camera that you like... That isn't that link. I think this is the one, the three, the X21 or something along those lines. So if you look and you're like, I want this one or that one, let us know. We have a link for that one too. Yee yee. And we might just link to a page on our website with the links for all of them. Stuff that we enjoy and you can also enjoy. Yeah. Things and that we use afield or in our pursuit of. Well, here's the thing about affiliate links. Whiskey. If you like something, you're going to buy it. 
So mm-hmm. why not just buy it through clicking our link, and then we get a little kickback that helps with the show, it helps with the stuff that you're seeing, and it helps with paying for the website that you just found out this cool thing on. Yeah, and that, guess what? If you have an affiliate link for something that we like to buy, we will use your link too. Yeah, we will use it. Send us affiliate links. We'll yeah. put it on our website. We Do just it. have a collection of affiliate links. Yeah. 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 Collaborate. Unlike... And listen. I don't want to get into it. Just irritated with people. I don't know, my followers are my followers, not a one. That's so that's the podcast I was talking about earlier, but the the other gentlemen, yeah, yeah. the other folks that go to say their name because we don't care. It. Yeah. The uh Talk About It Outdoors podcast. Talk about it outdoors. And the cruiser uh yeah, cruiser saddle saddles, guys. the guy that I bought saddles. I was with. just listening to their podcast today and they're hanging out talking and they're talking about the the camaraderie and how much fun they had at the Georgia Outdoor Blast where we were also yeah. at. And then they went on to uh, a show in Birmingham, which we were recommended or told, right, which we we're going to, to next year. Did he ever call you? He has not because they have the. I thought it was this. Well, the Birmingham week. is the one. So there's two. There's one in Birmingham, and then there's one. At, yeah, it should have happened already. Yeah, he should have called us. Yeah, he should have. We need to call him back. Yeah, let's reach out to that guy. Anyways, uh, make sorry, a note. Business note there. Uh, they were talking about how much fun they had, and basically he was he was saying that you know one of those nights they went out to dinner. And it was, there were four different companies sitting at a table talking. And the, the, his point was that none of them were there competing for anything. Everybody had a role sort of in the community, and that's the role they're playing. And everyone's there to just help each other yeah. grow and fulfill their, their role. Yep. And I think that's how it should be. It is, and it can't be in the bourbon thing. So we're probably going to start shifting away from the whiskey bourbon community. Because we, I, while we have met many cool people in that community, I think our world, which we probably knew from the beginning, is the, is the hunting guys because they, like those guys really want to share and collaborate and do stuff. Every, I mean, think about how many bourbon people we've had reach out about a podcast and how many hunting yeah. people we've had. And so here's the, w- we do more hunting collaborative hunting yes. podcasts than we do whiskey because all these whiskey people yeah. are like, I don't want to. And we're not saying we're going to move away completely from doing whiskey stuff. No, it's no. always going to be a part of what we yeah. do. But in terms of um, where we put our, our energy into creating and building and creating, I said creating twice, uh, content, I think it's going to be more on the hunting side of things for two reasons. I think we both, while we both really enjoy the whiskey, I think naturally yeah, we fall into hunters. the outdoor stuff yeah. easier. And we made a good point when we were talking. I don't remember which one of us said it, but um, when you look at whiskey and whitetails, it's two different things, you, and you look at the people, there are yeah. more whitetail or hunting outdoor people who enjoy whiskey yep. and and want to go down that rabbit hole than the other way around. Yep. You're not going to find as many out, you know, hunters or whitetail hunters in the whiskey crowd as you will the other way. So yeah. I think it's there's, just it's more of a fit for us to lean in a little bit more yeah. on that side. What I said was there's more white there's more hunters that are interested in bourbon and whiskey yeah. than there are whiskey people that are interested in hunting. Yes. And that's something that we've seen over and over again because we see people post pictures with antlers and they're like, oh, you killed that thing? And it's, yeah. it's like, that's the same, reason we stopped doing it, but we're going to start doing it again. The same way that bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon, right? Yeah. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Most, I'll say most, 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 I'll say most, I'll say most, (laughs) most, most hunters are whiskey drinkers, but not all whiskey drinkers are even close to being hunters. Yeah. And and to be honest, I I think I like the community of hunters better. 
Now I have met some awesome whiskey. People. I'm not talking shit about our friends in the well, whiskey community, but the, both of us have. The but majority of the whiskey people. But what you, I think, the, I think the point we're dancing around is back to what you said. Is that yeah. between the two communities, we find the hunting and outdoor community to be much more open to and supportive, and supportive yeah. to collaborative stuff yep. than the whiskey community. We've tried yeah. to collaborate with folks. We've tried to reach out and do work, and everybody is working an angle of yep. some sort in which they make money or it benefits them more. And yep. I, I just feel like we see that less in the outdoor community. And maybe we just yeah. haven't reached that point yet where we've seen it yet. I think there's probably more money in the outdoor community. So people are fine with it's like, a, it's well, and that's exactly, you what know, he, I'm not doing what you're doing, but these whiskey people are like, you drink whiskey. I drink whiskey. Therefore, no, we my can't followers, do anything. My followers can't possibly do your followers. And yeah. someone said that on a podcast the other day, like people are afraid that if, I'll I, leave if I have you, you unfollow my, yeah, and if go you come follow on my you, podcast so and, and, ba- and the other way around, yeah. that the listener's going to go, oh, I only got room for one whiskey podcast. Right. And, I can't and have my more than one. I guess yeah. I'm going to leave this one. It doesn't work that way. Anyways. So outside of the events we've promised to do this year, we're probably going to take a back seat on the whiskey stuff, mainly because you guys are not as receptive as as our previous company in the hunting industry. We've been given but it two we years. will always and continue to... Absolutely. Use whiskey as what we, I think, originally meant it to be, which yeah. is the the lubricant for right. bringing that community, that outdoor yep. community together. So, anyways, what's so the best with that time? in mind? Yeah, with that, with that in mind, <laughs> what uh, what's the best time, in your opinion, to hunt deer? And and, and quite and, and so let's get something out out of the way, like right up front, because the the easy answer is in the morning or late in the evening, right? White-tailed deer are corpuscular. 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 Which means they... Animals, which means they move and browse at those, like, twilight yep. and, and dusk hours. That's when they feel safest because their vision works best. That's when a lot of um, their... Because of their vision and their senses, they have kind of a leg up on some of their predators. Yep. So it's when they it's when they move the most. That doesn't mean you're not going to catch them moving at other times because they have other habits feeding well the, eye, the eyesight thing was a big part because in, in the class that we're in they yeah. they took the deer's eyeball out and they look at it and they show that they see so much blue infrared light yeah that if a human were to see that we'd be blind by 20 or 30 years old but these deer don't live past 10 ever i mean really? most of them won't live past six so for them it's painful to keep their eyes open during the day because it's so much light i think i'm becoming a deer no shit that's why i have these blue blocking glasses on i yeah. wear them all the time now not just when i'm on a computer because I get stupid headaches. All really? The, all, yeah, anyways. Because of light? Too much light. Maybe I'm just becoming a soft, stupid human. Yeah. I think you need <laughs> you need to join one of those boot camp workout places where they flip <laughs> tires and shit. Yeah. Or not to climb a rope. Run by a Navy SEAL who tells me he's going <laughs> to... Who's going to carry the boat? <laughs> and tell me what it's like to be a, to go through Hell Week. Any, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, okay. So, so, so amongst... You mean time of the year? Well, what I mean is... Anything like factor wise, like if, if you're planning a hunt and I, I wanted to ask you these questions because you have worked at a processor, which is one of the only processors in that area. So it sees yeah. hundreds of deer a night, like the types of situations in which you see deer most often. And based on these recommendations, a lot of them seem to be geared towards moon phase or weather. And I know we've, we've discussed and there's difference of opinion in whether moon phase plays a part or not. But I think you and I can both agree that 
more than probably more than probably moon phase weather plays a huge part in whether deer are up and moving and whether you see deer. So I worked Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Friday. Okay. But it was Tuesday, Thursday every week. And so there might have been times you didn't see the results of a particular no, front or whatever. I paid attention to it. It was um it was for our location. Uh-huh. And that's important. This is based it's going to change. Coastal Carolina yeah. is way different than anywhere you'll ever hunt. I mean <laughs> I mean far it's just way different. But that being said, we did have people regularly yeah. that would call at nine o'clock and be like, I'm an hour and 20 minutes out. Will you please stay open past 10? Yeah. And they were coming down from the upstate or they were coming from somewhere else. Yep. Um, so that did happen. But to be honest, the moon played way more of a factor in it than I thought it would have. Okay. But not something that you would really, I think it was just, there's better daylight. Okay. I think you can see the deer longer because as you know, as you said, they're crepuscular, so they come out at those weaning hours. So yeah. when the I think it extends daylight shooting time sure. more than the deer just there's more deer out. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's dark at seven, but on a full moon, it's kind of yeah. dark at seven. It's not really like you should button it up yeah. until seven fifteen, and those fifteen minutes make a huge difference for sure. Yeah. So I think I especially think if was, you have good glass that you can for you sure can take advantage of yeah. that low light, huge opening, huge huge. So I think that that was that paid a lot to it. Um, and then the weather, we you know storm fronts, the cold weather moves in. Yeah, yeah. cold weather in front of a storm front, good wind. So let's, helps a lot. So I'm going to move through some of these suggestions, and this was yeah. this was derived from. These are opinions based on just general knowledge, our own experiences, and I just kind of lumped it all together at sort of discussion points, right? Okay. Um, and this is this came from the fact that it, deer season just opened in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of new hunters every year that are trying to figure some of this stuff out, or people that have moved from hunting one thing to deer. You know, like I we've met people who uh, we met a member at our hunt club this year who actually doesn't hunt deer; he only hunts turkey. So you know, and uh fairy tale world maybe he wants to hunt deer and he's trying to figure out some of this stuff so like based on the question like what's the best time to hunt deer or or the best times to hunt whitetails this kind of where this derived from so we've discussed the early morning late afternoon because deer deer are crepuscular animals um but these are some of the other things that research our experience and the inter internets say are the best time to hunt deer now you just mentioned um weather and i'm looking at all these and a lot of these have to do with weather so it should be an interesting conversation but this talks about when a front moves through so like when a storm front comes in like deer and animals have this the, the inability to sort of sense when when storm is come storms are coming or bad weather right and we've yeah, seen they, they they're i i I don't know where you're going with it but i believe it just Go. just in the matter of conversation yeah i think that they're not idiots and so I think they see storm coming through, and they're like, "I'm not going to get up and walk around during a monsoon." Sure. So this could be a monsoon. Let's right. go out and fucking fill up real quick. Yep, I think um, so. It actually says that in, on one of these, um, yeah. where it talks about like a a front. A number of things change: temperatures change, winds change, yep. barometric pressure changes, and each of these are sort of touched on individually. Mm-hmm. But I think what it boils down to at the end of the day is that that animal some in their body or in their observations Mm -hmm. notices a change. And so their survival instincts tell them they need to get up and prepare to not have access to food or not have an environment that is um, conducive to getting food for a period of days potentially. So that's why you'll see them ahead of time 
even during the beginning of a storm, because one of the biggest bucks that I've ever seen shot at our club was shot during a thunderstorm, which was a series of thunderstorms ahead of a huge tropical system. You know how yeah. you have a big tropical systems yep. and these bands that are 50, 60, 100 miles mm -hmm. out. Just he was out. Uh, it was Troy. Shout out to Troy if he happens to listen. He was out hunting and uh, that tower stand that you and I like where those two the road comes in and meets yep. um, next to the long road of all the oaks. several deer right yeah. there. And he killed it right there, and it was raining. It was, it was raining hard as hell, thunderstorm. Probably not safe to be out there, to be honest with you, eh. with the lightning, but that's, he killed a huge deer for that reason. Up and up and moving, you know, ahead of a storm. I, it's, it's, it's raining. It's going to get worse. I need to eat now. And we see this a bunch with hurricanes down here. You can put trail yep. cameras out and see deer moving. And bedding down during hurricanes, I have, um, we had that 100-year flood or 300-year flood yeah. years ago, and, flood. and I have I have uh, trail cam videos from those storms that caused that of, uh, not videos, trail cam pictures, I'll have to see if I can find them, of a number of deer bedded down where I had this trail camera, and I happened to have that trail camera yeah, there food because, source. because I, yeah. I was close uh, where I put would put corn out yeah. and, and mineral uh, it was the high ground of an area close to a creek, and it happened to be in that particular area, one of the few spots that stayed dry. And I yeah. used to have pictures of these like four or five deer all just bedded down, hanging out. Um, but yeah, I believe that they they definitely can feel what's coming and, and are, are preparing oh, for yeah. that. They're not know. stupid. I mean, everything every, like the it's so simple how they say it, but I love I love it. And it's your first time hearing it, you can be like, eh, obviously, but you'll eventually love this term as well. But they said. Um, that deer only have three purposes: it's to it's to not die, yep. to eat, and to and to procreate. Yep. So that's it. So if you think about how to hunt a deer, when you know, don't go where they're gonna die. <laughs> go, you know, the, go where they can eat yep. and have water, and then yep. and then procreate. You know, learn yep. how to and 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 really figure out where be, that is because well. they are, as we mentioned earlier, crepuscular. Yes, C R E crepuscular. I think I was saying pick. I don't know what I was saying. But it's but crepuscular, C-R-E-P. Crepuscular animals. Um, they still have to move during the day if they want to drink or do other yeah. things. So if you can pattern them, obviously, and identify where they are like where they like to eat in the evening, depending on the time of year, because that changes too, and depending on if they're in bachelor groups uh, or not, there's a lot of things that factor into where they're eating and drinking. But if you can pattern them and figure out where their favorite water source is and food source for that time of year, you can set up in that path and not wait for to dusk for them to show up yeah. and get, you know, brave enough and comfortable enough to move out into the opening. You can catch them while they're walking. Yeah. You got to be a little more careful about how you enter and your scent control at that point, but you, also you gotta, increase your likelihood of seeing them during daylight hours. The thing about pattering is people get all excited. They patter deer and, um, and then they change something and it's like, don't change anything because if you know that they're doing this and that, and you want to make sure they keep doing this and that. So Rocco patterned this big buck that he yeah. wants to take opening day, and I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm going to Kentucky is to film. Mm -hmm. And uh, he put out a mock scrape right there, and I hope that works for him. I, I you know, but I'm I'm when, a little when, worried. When did he do that? Like three Recently? days ago. And I'm a little worried because you know the research that we've we've spoken about and read about that, uh, and Rocco listens, but the research we've found is that um, they don't visit scrapes during the daylight very often, so it, it could change their opinion of that site. So I'm, yeah. I'm a little concerned about that but because um, he sent me a picture of it, and it was nighttime when the deer was there checking yeah. it out. Interesting. So if, if you have a deer pattern, I, I would definitely wouldn't try to change anything in that pattern. Just keep doing what you're doing because if, if they see something's off, remember that sure. first rule, don't die. So if they think 
hey, and, this is weird. Yeah, they're gonna and, they're and gonna if, react. And if you see a drastic change in in what time they're showing up, or maybe they're not showing up at all, um, you also have to kind of look at the calendar and see and consider what you may not have done anything wrong. Yeah, they they are driven by biological changes and and a sexual drive that takes place as a result of increased testosterone um, this time of year. So they right. will start breaking away from their bachelor groups right now and, yeah. and starting to create those little zones for themselves, their territory, if you will. Um, so just because you see a, a huge buck on camera in well, that's June, what, June we're, and July. We're hoping his plan doesn't – he's there every night at the same time. Yeah. So we're hoping – the, the hope is that he's still there. we get there before that changes. Yeah. Because for sure, once the rut starts to kick in, he's, he's going he's well, to my, well, my guess is it's a gradual thing, right? Like it's yeah. not like they wake up – all the bucks in a bachelor group wake up on a, a – Tuesday at the end of August and go, guys, I'm feeling a little testosterone today. Fuck you guys. I'm out. <laughs> I think it's also the the setting. The reason that hunting seasons are what they are is because of that. And I've had a theory for this entire year now that before your hunting season starts, you should probably go out there and sit, get them used to you being there. Yeah, I saw a, uh, it's funny you mentioned that I saw a product that somebody was selling. I forget the na- the clever name they came up with, but it's basically a decoy that you leave sitting in your, uh, it's like a human decoy with yeah. camo that you just leave sitting in your, uh, in your stand, in your stand. Like a cop. Yeah. Year round. Okay. <laughs> so that when you show up and take it down, the deer don't notice there any don't different. difference. That's yeah. actually pretty smart. Cause you know how it costs you that under, yeah. under overpasses. You get used, to that, a decoy. used to that fake car. Yeah. Uh, it's just that fake car. Well, they park then, a car there with nobody in it. And yeah. then one day you're like, fuck it. It's not it works real. two ways for the first week and a half. Everyone's like, Oh shit. Slams on the brakes. Yeah. After a week and a half, everyone spends a, a, a week going, ah, fuck, it's just that car again. And then they switch it up and then yeah. it's boom, a in a week, they got like 200 yeah. tickets. <laughs> but yeah, it was an interesting, uh, cops, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, weather events. I mean, it says here, um, even non front related weather events. So if you have a, a, a series of, of storms back to that conversation about to- uh, Troy shooting that big buck, just a, just a, a, you know, a series of storms coming through can, can change that, especially yeah. if cold weather down here, because we have pretty mild weather year round. If we have a cold snap or we have a couple weeks of really cold weather, that first change I find is huge down here because our deer down here are not used to really cold weather. If you right. take a mature buck down here and it weighs 160 bucks, 160, bucks, <laughs> 160 pounds, uh, a buck that weighs 160 pounds and you take that same year and age buck up in Southern Canada you're looking at probably a hundred to 120 pound weight yeah. difference. Yeah. Right. And, and the amount of fat and how thick the fur is. Um, so when it gets cold down here, our deer don't grow that kind of fat and that, so they're immediately up and moving, trying to eat as much as they can uh, because they know uh, the shit, this isn't, this isn't our usual, uh, yeah. you know, environment. So I think that helps, especially when it's cold. What's funny too, is people don't realize how much of a difference between a deer here and a deer there, deer here, deer there. Deer here. It's a, <laughs> like a, one of the things with mating, like the mating season doesn't exist in Central America. Just, yeah. They just, they mate whenever they feel like mating. Yep. They don't and really have there's seasons. P- there's parts of. Um, and their glands and shit change size. Yeah. Some of them don't even have glands. Yeah. Glands that we don't even know what they do. They're right. like, some have them, some don't. There's parts of Florida where they mate almost oh, yeah. all year because, and the reason being is there's no, there's no biological repercussion for dropping yeah. does in August. Because it's green year round. Because it's green year round, yeah. there's food. Now, that being said, uh, the, the type of, of uh, bioavailability and right, biodiversity yeah. of, of things can can impact so influence so how that, well that deer grows right so, yeah. so that fawn born in August even if it has um, might sup- have a fifth superior, toe <laughs> well even if it has superior genetics right like <laughs> could have been like a superior that's the benefit deer, of not having a camera right <laughs> uh, the 
the one born in April or, or, or March is still going to do better because it had those months leading up of yeah. better food availability. Right. Um, and that's called an extended, uh, I think extended fawning yeah. season. Um, shout out to national deer association. And, uh, and so that, that deer, you know, may not do as well. Uh, right. But that being said, like you said, there's no, it's interesting that you, you just don't have that in some parts of the, of, of the world. And that, uh, you know, a four and a half or five year old mature deer in Canada that weighs 300 pounds, right. And the same age and maturity of deer in South America might weigh 80 pounds soaking wet. Right. Yeah. But genetically there is not enough detailed di- difference. And the research really hasn't been done down to like super deep level right. at the DNA, but like by and large, they are all genetically the same. Yep. And it's a, it's like, well, genetically the same is also a, a thing. Like they, they, one of the things about, and again, I'm not s- saying anything here other than a, a fact, but the, the missing human length and, and they, we are 98% genetically the same as, as apes. We're right. also 98% genetically the same as pigs. It's, it's not, that doesn't really mean anything genetically the same. It can be a completely different animal. Are you um, saying that I'm close, more closely related to bacon than I thought? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, which makes sense because we use pigs during like combat training, so we yeah, don't, we don't use they're, monkeys. Their 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 um their heart and vascular system are extremely close. They live to, a lot longer than most animals they have a, under trauma. They have a a will to live. A will to live. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it's called. But uh, other, if, other if you're interested in this stuff and you're not and you're in Patreon and you're not watching these videos, that's this is this is kind of what. Uh, what we what Gus talks about in there is a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. So kind of get into the, the details and the weeds of of the whitetail stuff. Um, and w- it's fun for me because I'm going through the course and learning it, and then I get an opportunity to to share it. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure you probably experienced in the military, I experienced it some doing um, some first responder and, and teaching. It helps you make it learn. Swimming is tr- like a lifeguard type rescue training. Is it's a see one do one teach yeah. one like. You see someone do it and explain it, then you try it yourself, and then you teach it to someone else. Those three different points of view help you solidify it to it's, you. It's also completely it helps changed you un- my hunting strategy. Oh, has it? Yeah. It went in what way? And what in the way that I'm not necessarily concerned anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be like, I don't have time to get in there and do that. I was hunting the wrong spot. I was I was hunting a spot that I thought would be good based on shitty knowledge. Sure. But now that I actually understand how deer work and um, – and I'm not even. I mean, there's two more levels of this class that Changes we're going to go through. Changes your perception, dude. I I really want to do the second one. I do too. So the third one is like wait, like I feel like you kind of for the third one you kind of have to like have a property and be managing yeah. and like almost have a business doing that for other yeah. people. The second one though, we just have to pony up the cash and go. But, yeah, go to it. Um, it is really cool. Like you get hands-on experience and like different types of food plots and like yeah. hands-on biology stuff with deer. I think it's a lot, a lot to learn. And I think for the future that we have in mind for not necessarily the company, but our ourselves sure. and the company, I think that that's well, uh, those, those that's longer, we should know those longer term o- operations. If you want to call it that we have the, as an idea, but our business partners in those operations are going to, you know, they're going to think that we're full of shit until they realize we're not. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so anyways, another interesting uh, thing about weather, and, and so if you haven't figured it out, like keeping an eye on weather is a huge part of identifying outside of early morning and evening, yeah. unless it's the rut, right? And that's a different conversation. When the rut happens in, in no, it's around November, late October, it's a bunch most of people, lunacy. It's it, it, people are if you've ever if you ever been to a uh, like a college tailgate party and you've seen. Uh, College kids, bourbon break. College kids inter- interacting with uh, college 
guys interacting and, and, and hitting on females and drinking and the absolute lunacy, God, the hiccups, the absolute lunacy that takes place and just yeah. out, out of mind thinking that's, that's the rut in whitetails. They're out of their mind. They have one thing on their, on their mind. They are running around. They're hardly eating. Um, it's, it's absolutely nuts. So some of these don't really apply, um, or, 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 I should say that it's not that they don't apply. It's that uh, the rut may throw a wrinkle in some of these plans if you're doing if you're planning and using these plans around the rut. Right. Um, but another one that and I've actually done this one quite a bit. And in fact, the next two are outside of weather are my favorite ways to pick a place to hunt. Um, and the first one is the bear is the barometer. Um, barometric pressure when it's around thirty. And I believe it's dropping. So when it's higher and the barometric pressure is actually dropping towards 30, um, I I have seen more deer on on their feet uh, on those hunts than than other times. Right. Um, what are you looking for? Hand me that Middle West. This one? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's okay. My bad. Um, so there's something to do with the barometric pressure and the way that for some reason um, – deer really respond to it some people suggest that um, and maybe it's this this talked about in the nda class i haven't gotten to it yet but some people suggest that it has some sort of effect on like your bones or your body and they can just tell the same way that you like you everyone has a grandma or grandpa or an uncle who has some part of their body a hip replacement knee replacement and when the weather starts to get bad like they know and they tell everybody beforehand and then like seven hours later or the day the next day weather's really shitty and you're like huh How'd you know, Grandma? And it's like they could feel the pressure change. They say, "Yeah, um, that's the barometric pressure." And I've seen, I, I've seen a lot of deer on the hoof, you know, moving around uh, different daylight hours when that barometric pressure changes. And that's generally that barometric pressure changes generally as part of a front moving in. So it's kind of kind of goes hand right. in hand with the other one. Uh, but wind advantage is a big one. Do you know you ever used a wind rose before? The machine, just a, a diagram, a wind, oh, yeah, a, yeah. a wind rose. The, the- what do you what do you app do? So there's a, a wind rose. You're talking about the, the app with that shows the way the wind's moving and spiraling and shit. Um, so it's similar to that, but a wind rose is basically a historical oh, graph okay. of that. So what yeah. it'll tell you, you can actually put in a specific location or area, and it's called a rose because um, the more often a wind comes from a certain direction, it increases that the oh, the, the line, pedal, the pedal, the if you will, yeah. of that direction, and so you'll end sense. up with a a full a full rows of different links, and so whenever you're picking a location for a stand, you can you say, can, "Hey, I'm on this field. This, this is a great is majority field, this way." But you know, where's the wind coming from? If you don't look at that, you may put a stand on a part of that field where 80 percent of the year the wind is coming from another direction, but the eight, other 80 percent of the year it's blowing a different direction just because of the way things are set up. Um, I think the last time I saw one is NC State was a website, and they had a uh, the, uh, um, that's right off. Shooting straight from the hip, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it was the NC State website where a student had done some sort of graduate program, putting together a windrose graph that you could download and use. Um, and I've had really good experience with that. So in, in terms of choosing when to hunt, um, in terms of the best time to hunt whitetail, uh, not only does weather and, and the time of day make an effect, uh, you know, have an effect, but the wind direction. So right. if that particular stand that you set up is blowing in a way where the wind is in your favor for that day, then that's obviously a good choice, a good time to, to be out there. If you've got the wind, to, uh, you know, to your face and the, you know, 
popular location for yeah. deer to enter is not downwind of you, then you have yeah, you have, an, have advantage. an advantage. Um, so that's huge. The ne- the last one, uh, or the last two, moon overhead or underfoot. So this is not apparently this is not the same as uh, the moon phase, um, which according to this doesn't seem to have an effect on whitetails. That's um, everything I've read. They talk about the gravitational pull, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson did um, a talk about the gravitational pull of the moon and the births. They say more births happen during during moon, and then yeah. they talk about crazy people being arrested. And he he discussed that the gravitational pull is less than like it's I can't. It was like one five thousandths of the weight of your head on a pillow. So it was like. Literally nothing. There's yeah. no way it's possible. But uh, but he thinks that um, people also don't understand that the full moon l- appears visually to be three. It's three or four days long. Sure. So you notice someone's being born on this day, full moon. Yeah. Next day, next day. So you have five days and to a month notice that something happened during a full, during moon. full moon. So you have That's a lot fair. longer time. So, but th- this is this is referring to being the moon being overhead or under right. meaning directly yeah, yeah, overhead and so it's not the moon phase as right. much and yeah. for whatever reason um but uh, people when they hear that they think overhead means full moon and underfoot means full moon under you and that's not yeah. necessarily the truth um so yeah i don't know like when the moon is directly overhead or underfoot apparently it causes deer to be up on their feet more heavily um than when the moon is at other positions don't know why. Well, it's, I, I think, think it's this the is just speculation, thing. and I think you're probably right. But the, but like it's also like if it's under. But how long is a moon phase? So if you feed like a motherfucker on the first, second, third, <laughs> you and all, then you may bed you down. You bed down for uh, you know a couple of weeks before you just go out and you're like, all right, yeah. I got a gorge. That's what I think. I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, nobody nobody knows is the point. That's that is that is a a uh, a Monday, uh, you know. Rap, not rap, but sort of a highlight of when to hunt deer, right? If you're if you're curious, with the best time to hunt hunt whitetails, or maybe you're new to this, you're just trying to make sure you got it down. Um, outside of early morning and later afternoon times, right? Um, make sure you're getting into the stand early enough to not spook deer that are coming out in the morning, and early enough not to uh, mess up your your hunt spot or the, wherever they're coming in the evening um, hunting. Uh, weather fronts, significant weather swings, looking at the barometric pressure and taking a look at the moon phase are all ways that people time and time again have correlated deer movement uh, to those things. So with that said, I think you told me you had a video to watch. Do you want me to do the random fact of the week first? Yeah, let's do a random fact. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so th- this week's random fact of the week is brought to you by Whiskey and Whitetails. Shop whiskeyandwhitetails.com. Use code podcast for 20% off. Wow, you did good. That's uh, your thanks, first man. time. Yeah, I haven't done that, I don't think, ever. You, <laughs> yeah. you always do I always that. do it. Yeah, it was a good job. <laughs> uh, so this week's random fact uh, I picked basically because I knew we were going to be talking about weather a little bit. It's just some interesting weather facts. Yeah. In 1972, a blizzard dumped eight meters of snowfall on Iran, burying, wow. 200, burying 200 villages. Wow. I wonder if people died. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a 2000, so a lot of service members. Yeah. That's okay. why I said that. That's uh, anyways, uh, 2003 heat wave turned grapes into raisins before they were picked from the vine. I don't know where huh. that is. And I didn't verify any of this. So yeah. take it for 
hopefully what it is. Yeah, welcome to Whiskey and Whitetails, where we do not verify our random facts of the week. We see it absolutely not on a page, and we're like done. That's I'm selling that one. That's yeah. fun. Let's do that one. So dirt mixed with wind can cause dust storms called black blizzards. Wow. I want to be in a black blizzard. I wish Chris was here for that. <laughs> and I wonder if plantation shutters will keep out black blizzards. <sighs> Almost guaranteed. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, you can tell the temperature by counting the crickets at crickets chirps. Hold on. Before, if you didn't listen to the episode with Chris, um, oh, yeah. you should probably. Sorry, there's some context missing. There's, yeah, there's a, uh, that wasn't just a. Random. Anyway. Chris is a good and close friend of ours. Yeah, and uh, you should. He was just in listen, my wedding. Listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast, and then sure. you'll, you'll understand why I just said that. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> and you can apparently count, uh, tell the temperature by counting cricket chirps, but I didn't look up anymore. That makes how to sense. Do that. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, we should Google that. I know how to do the sunset with fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a like a survival thing. Yeah, and if people don't know how to do that, it works. And every time I teach it to somebody, they're blown accurate. away. Yeah, we teach it. Um, if you open your I fingers, between each finger gap is 30 minutes. Um, so you can put your, say your index, say your middle finger yep. is on the sun and your pinky is on the sunset, that is an hour. Until until dark, it's good to know. We learned that in I'd, army. It, you can spread your fingers apart different ways. The, the idea is the same, Re- regardless yeah. of how you do it. You're you're within fifteen twenty yeah. minutes, and uh, you'll get there. You're close. If than you that, just err on the side of of caution with that and finish what you're yeah. trying to do a little before that, then you should be good to go. I teach that during a survival class that I teach. Yeah. Um, in, in which well, look at you, and you can catch us on tour teaching survival classes and whiskey classes and whitetail classes and. All kinds of classes. Dildo. Uh, Re- recovery classes. Um, I saw a YouTube video the other day called Dick or Dildo. <laughs> what? It's on YouTube. How is that allowed to be on YouTube? We get banned for all the shit that we do. Uh, I God, know. Come on, yeah. man. And it's, um, believe it or not, it's a guy. That's how. So it's a guy, and he's like, let's find out if it's a, yeah. And guess what? Every time, it's a dick. So that's great. <laughs> That's, that's Not the, that these two are linked, but Middle West Spirits oh, God. has reached out, and they are going to send us some cool stuff, I think. Who has? Middle West Spirits, this bottle I'm holding oh, yeah? right here. Cool. And I was like, you know, I know that I have a bottle of that, and we do. We have their Sherry Cast Finished Bourbon, six years, double-aged, American Wine. Was, was this cast, an email or on so Instagram? On so forth. On Instagram. They reached out and just said, hey, we want to send you some stuff. Dang, and I said, cool. we'll take it. So it should be here today, tomorrow. So next week, we're going to probably go through some of that. And then that will be our final in-person podcast for a couple of weeks. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we'll have to zoom, 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 zoom. And um, I think we're probably going to do one with Trekking Outdoors, talk about opening season and what's going on and all of that. And then... Um, we should do one with... Uh, Horny. Is Rocco going to come down to uh, the camp while you're there? Yeah. We can do one with Rocco while we're there. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. It just well, has to be... Have a couple while we're... A, I mean, are you going to be there with... You're not going to be there. I'm going to do it over Zoom and stuff. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll make it work. And then um, after that, we're doing a podcast with Chad at My Daily Bourbon in Lexington, Kentucky at the Justin's House of Bourbon. We have rented that space. We'll be there yeah. the that was fun. first weekend of October. October 1st? Um, it's not October. No. For where? Where will we be in uh, Lexington? Sorry. Yeah. That's the first, like the first weekend. September. In September. So September the 9th, first, 10th, and yeah, 11th. That's the second weekend. Second so weekend, September sorry. 9th. We will be in Lexington, Kentucky. We're pretty free. I'm free that evening. I don't know what you have going on. Uh, I will be doing a tour at Wild Turkey that morning, but I will be free That's that evening. Friday morning, right? 
Yes, yeah, Friday evening I'll be free. Yep. And then Saturday the 10th, um, if anybody wants to get brunch, we're down for brunch. And then from 11 to 1, we'll be recording at Justin's House of Bourbon. We're doing Chatham Daily Bourbon, My Bourbon Pod, and probably Whiskey Mutant if he can make it. Cool. And so he does kind of cool pairings with uh, chocolates and stuff. Oh, sweet. Like, that'd be fun. Like little Debbie cakes and whiskey. Oh, fuck yeah. So that'd be fun. And then uh, I guess to close us out, I kind of like closing us out on stuff. Okay. To give, you know, add a little few more minutes to the podcast and then, you know, we're kind of done. But we, we have no time limit, by the way. Yeah. It's our podcast. We can do as long yeah. as we want. So this is, if you didn't know, CWD was found in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And uh, and they made a lot of changes this year about what you can do. You're not allowed to feed anymore um, outside, before August 31st in these certain counties. Wow. So what made me sad was that it's a, it was in Yakin County. Really? Which is the county next to Wilkes. Yeah. So Yakin County and is now under quarantine for CWD, and they want you to kill more deer than ever before. Kill them all. Um, and bring them to us so we can test them, try and get this under control. And then the surrounding counties, including Wilkes County, which is where family land is, yeah, where we've hunted in North Carolina before, um, they have stations set up there as well. So there's several people that listen to this podcast. Shout out to them that listen to the podcast. I just said all those things. So Caleb, Logan, Tyler, Keith, Tyler. What's that guy's name? The Green Beret. Can't remember. Um, fuck. Caleb, Logan. Biceps? No, sorry. Yeah, he has a lot of muscles. Lamar. Lammer. Lamar, yeah. Lamarticus? Oh, Lariat. 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 I don't know why I couldn't remember. I don't ever it's think his favorite about nickname it. if you see him. <laughs> so, he has but a those guys. He has a tattooed on his, his collar. His I'm about to get bone. a Lamarticus tattoo. And he's going to get a Whiskey and White Tails tattoo. That's cute. Yeah. You guys going to rub them together? Um, Yeah. You know where uh-huh. we're gonna rub those together, and then so Logan, Larry, and Caleb, if you guys are listening, pay attention to this episode and or this video, and we will put it in our description link, and we may comment here and there, but but we mainly just want you to hear this. It's, it's pretty interesting. So thanks for joining. We'll watch it with you. I'm Mariah Bogus, and I'm the deer biologist for the North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission. I'm also a very laughed at himself when he said and it. And on a March 31st. Chronic wasting disease was first confirmed in North Carolina, which is very concerning to me as a hunter, a biologist, and I'm sure to everyone else. So chronic wasting disease is a very slow building disease in the environment and in the white-tailed deer population. And it has long-term permanent consequences for the future of white-tailed deer management. We need to make choices now to better improve deer populations for the future. Sorry, I'm just really impressed with, you can't see this if you're listening to this, but the amount of wind going on in this video. Oh, yeah, and there's no and wind there's noise. And there's no wind noise. That's what I was thinking. You Props think this bird's guys. weird? This bird's real? The, no, he, he does better. No, 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 I, I think the bird's sure. fake. Future generations. Fake. This coming year, when hunters take to the field in Yakin County, everything's going to seem like normal, but there will be sick deer spreading this disease in the environment. And we need to address this. Oh, yeah. I like the red. <laughs> This year, we want hunters in the field harvesting deer just the same as they always have. In fact, we want hunters to take more deer than normal. If you've taken one deer in the past, take an extra one, take an extra two, and submit them to us for testing so that we can combat this disease. Wow. You get six deer in that county. I want to address another disease that CWD is often confused with, and that's hemorrhagic disease, also known as EHD or blue tongue. 
Now, hemorrhagic Which disease has been with. endemic yeah, in the southeast like five years for ago. centuries. As long as we've been studying deer, there have been these cyclical outbreaks of hemorrhagic disease where we see many deer dying at once along rivers or along ponds where there's standing water. Hemorrhagic disease does not pose a significant threat to the future of deer populations because deer are adapted to it. But there's some differences between EHD and CWD. EHD is not always fatal. Some deer survive, and those that survive have immunity to the disease, which guards them from future outbreaks. EHD. With erectile CWD, every single deer that gets infected will eventually die from the disease. Hysterical disease. <laughs> Additionally, as CWD is introduced to a population, it slowly builds in the landscape. That's because CWD is caused by prions, which are misfolded proteins that are not alive. Therefore, they can't be killed, and over time, in a population, they increase in prevalence so that a higher and higher percentage of that population is infected with the disease. This is especially impactful to white-tailed deer populations because deer that contract CWD have an effective expiration date of 16 to 24 months, at which point they will die. Across the southeast in North Carolina, our average fawn recruitment rate is 50%. So this means it takes two does per year to produce one fawn. Or in other words, it takes two years for a doe to replace herself. In the long run, as CWD infection rates increase, we know that deer lifespans will become shorter and shorter as they catch the disease earlier in life and they will die sooner. In the future, when does are contracting CWD as fawns, they will only have one or two full breeding seasons to reproduce before they die, which means that some deer will not be able to successfully replace themselves, driving down the population over time. It's important to realize that this will take decades to see the full effects, as the prevalence of CWD slowly builds in the population. So this isn't going to happen overnight, but it underlines the importance of us taking action now for future generations in the management of these populations. So what can we do to address CWD? There's three main points. First, we need to test for this disease to know where it is on the landscape so that we can address it. Secondly, we can help by not giving this disease this a like ride. A COVID commercial. And this is yeah. best avoided by not moving live or sick deer that may be infected and spread the disease outside of the infected area. And lastly, while we know the deer will interact and naturally transmit the disease, we can reduce spread of the disease by eliminating unnecessary feeding. New special regulations. To address chronic waste disease, we've implemented special regulations for the 2022 season. First, we've established a primary surveillance area so, in southern Surrey County. That's and Surrey and Yakin, that's Wilk County and right there to the left. a secondary surveillance area in the surrounding counties. So this is where it was initially identified? Areas, yeah, and we hunt the there, yeah, right basically on that corner. strictly prohibited. Furthermore, the feeding of deer between January yeah. 2nd and August 31st is also prohibited. And I believe Logan hunts in Yakin County, I could be wrong. Area, all hunter they might be wilt, deer taken but... during the black powder and gun hunting season must be submitted for mandatory testing. Logan and Caleb both. may not be transported outside the primary and surveillance area except for debone meat, <laughs> Cape tides, antlers, the antlers attached to clean skull plates, clean lower jawbones, finished taxidermy products, or carcasses or carcass parts that are double bagged and transported directly to a servant health co -op. So I'm going to pause that just to just to say. So the reason this is important is because it's going to be it's going to be here.
before you know it. Like based on what he was just saying, I would. It's it going to be a years, few years but, yeah. before it's five it's to down seven here. years. We're going to have it here. So the the way to do it, it, we might as well just start doing it now. So there's no removal of carcasses of deer except, which means this is the only thing you can remove is deboned meat. So meat with no bones, caped hides, antlers or antlers attached to clean skull plates, meaning there's no brains in there. Yeah. Clean lower jaw bones, finished taxidermy products, double bagged carcasses or ca- carcass parts uh, being transported directly to a health cooperator. So basically, we should just start doing it now. Like whenever we kill something, we need to make sure we're not bringing brains and spinal cord and jaw bones back. All the things I like, yeah. to, ch- like to cook and right. eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it, while well, it's never happened, prions, um, or that's the reason you can't eat primates as a human. We're not allowed to eat monkeys and shit because if they have something in their prions, then we'll get them. So yeah. there's no um, recorded, you know, deer to human transmission. Yeah. So. But it's something, I feel like it's, it's every, worth time paying I, attention. every time I hear that conversation, I, they always come, it's like, well, you know, there's still, you know, there's still we studies, really in, but we don't really know. Uh, it's like, well, that, that's enough of a doubt to yeah, I'm not gonna do it. creep me out a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I mean, I'll eat the meat, but, uh, yeah. you know, but I'd be careful with the bones. Yeah, I mean. Which, especially since skulls and, and European <clears throat> mounts are so important to people, you know, just be careful. It's a dough. Just I'm, don't even risk it. Just I have to imagine, head, like, if fine. you, it, oh, I'm interested in the, like, temperature cooking requirements you, for It was too hot. Remember, we looked this up. We've done this before. Have we? It was it was too hot. It was like you'll never achieve it. Ah, oh, damn. All right, cool. So, like, if you ate deer brains with prawns in it, even if you had like hamburger and it was well done, yeah. it's still no, it's still in there because it's not. Because remember, he was saying it's not living. Yeah, so you can't kill it. You can't kill it. <sighs> so, in order to kill it, it was it was like the conditions needed for sterile, which would basically evaporate. It. Oh Jesus! So you went there would be no meat left. Interesting. The meat would be gone. That would suck. Yeah. Make it for a shitty burger. We might could do an episode on prions just because it's such a prevalent thing. It's, you know, CWD is a big thing. Yeah. But we'll finish this video up. Operator in Yakin or Surrey County. Inside the secondary surveillance area, all hunter harvested deer. Mandatory testing. During black powder season and the first complete week of the gun hunting season must be submitted for mandatory testing. Additionally, Carcasses may not be transported outside the secondary surveillance area except for deboned meat, caped hides, Same antlers, antlers attached to clean so skull that plates, includes clean Wolf lower County. jawbones, so and finished taxidermy products. If you hunt the first two weeks, for more information on CWD anyway. and how you can help us address this important threat to North Carolina's white-tailed deer herd, go to N- yeah, whatever. So you go to uh, ncwlightwildlife.org/cwd to learn more. And I guess that's the end of the. That's all I had. Do you have anything else? I got nothing else. Yeah. Have a good week. If you're listening to this on Monday, we hope you're having a great Monday. Or had a great Monday, and you have a fantastic rest of your week. Breaking news. Getting out in the deer woods. Hope you have some success. Breaking news. Rocco just sent me uh, my favorite cat, my bobtailed cat that lives there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's having kittens right now. Again. Yeah, right now. Right this second. She's a breeding machine. They look pretty gross. What What does she make mating with? A bobcat? No, it'd just be another cat. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. No, she's, oh, she's just, just shitting like them out right there. Pushing them right out of her vagina right now. All right. Oh, look how small that is. That's a small cat. Wow. That's pretty damn cute. Andy's going to love this. Look at that one. That's a, that's a perfect size for an owl to scoop up. Yeah. Damn. She, I can't believe she has babies again. That noise she's making. Yeah. You know who likes that? A red-tailed hawk. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a dinner bell. (laughs) Well, that's cool.
Yeah. So mama's having some babies and I get to see them. Yay. Pretty excited. She's got a little orange boy and a, and a, look at that orange boy feeding on her nips. Yeah. Matt's always excited to see some. I like, I like her. Pussies. She's pretty cool. She's a, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Get in there and shame. <laughs> <laughs> like an adult. That's like a big J. Ogerson. All right. All right. I think that's enough. And we're done. Have, Have a good a week, day. folks. Bye. Bye. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.